All right, everyone, welcome to Tonecast 117. This is Brian Porter, and I've got a very special guest joining me in just a couple minutes. It's Mike from Pedal of the Day. Me and Mike are going to talk about all sorts of things, guitars, pedal demos, Porter products, all sorts of things. So I'm looking forward to getting into that interview in just a minute. I don't want to mention our pickup chooser. That's something we mention every single podcast. So thank you for bearing with us every time we give this little disclaimer. But this is a really cool form on our website. Go fill it out. It's absolutely free. Free recommendations, free suggestions, no obligations. This form actually just allows us to get you better recommendations on sets of pickups from our website. So if you're not sure what you want, if you go to our website looking for strap pickups and you see that we have six or seven models and you want us to help narrow that down, that's what that form does. It actually helps it us get to a recommendation quicker and then it helps the customer get what they want um, by just telling us a little bit about what you're you're getting or not getting out of your signal and what you want out of your signal. So that's that's something cool coming up. We've been releasing a lot of very fun videos on YouTube, kind of teasing some new projects, and I'll I'll tease one of the uh, one of the newest ones here, which is our uh, our Charvel project. So we're going to be doing custom loaded pickguards for the Charvel SoCal models. So these will be available in all sorts of configurations. We just got the guitar last week, and then this week we're going to dive into kind of designing the pickguards and, and coming up with the different configurations. But be watching for that. We have a little teaser video on the YouTube channel as well. We've also been getting a lot of the uh, Gatekeeper Drive demos back, so you can check out our YouTube channel, some of our newsletters and things like that. We'll be promoting some of those those newer demos, demos of our GK Drive pedal as well. Lots of cool stuff going on, but let's jump into that interview with Mike. Right, so we've got Mike from Pedal of the Day on the phone. What's going on, Mike? What's up, Brian? How you doing? Good, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. You have been on the show uh, before. You have at one point were a local here, and then it's have since moved moved on to uh, North Carolina, I believe. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, we're just outside of Asheville. Very cool. Very cool. So, I'm excited again to have you on the show. We're gonna go get into all things pedals, guitar demos, gear, and all that stuff. So, you ready to rock? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. Well, talk to me a little bit about Pedal of the Day and, and let people know what Pedal of the Day is, and, and let's start there. Well, um, uh, basically, I review and demo uh, effects pedals. Um, I've got a website and a, a YouTube channel and all the socials and all that stuff. Um, and uh, basically, you know, companies send me pedals and I demo them and kind of run through how they work and some different sounds you can get from them. And uh, I also do guitars, amps, synths, pedal boards, tuners, interfaces, all kinds of stuff. Uh, just kind of depends what people need. So it's it's uh, pedal-based, pedal-oriented, but um, we kind of branch out a little bit as well. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, uh, I've been doing it since uh, February of 2014. Uh, I did. A, I started just doing reviews on our website, and then moved on and started doing the uh, YouTube demos about a year later. Okay. Yeah. So, so do you actually release a demo every single day, or where where'd the name no. come from? Um, I did. I I did the review. The reviews I was doing every day, and then uh, when I started doing the demos, I was doing them every day, and it just got to be a little uh hectic and a little much and i couldn't put as much focus into each pedal as i wanted to so now it's more like pedal every 
three or uh, pedal every two to three days. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a longer domain name yeah. to get yeah. for the website. <laughs> it doesn't flow as well. Either, yeah. So. Pedal every three days. <laughs> yeah. Although that yeah. would be kind yeah. of funny just to, just to like change it up. Be like, we're, we're rebranding to, to that's right. pedal on the fourth day of. That's right. The logo is just a big three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and only pedals with three knobs at the that's same right. time. Right. That's right. That's awesome. Well, so, so why did you start that? Why did you get into you know, the, whenever the light bulb turned on, I'm like, I should be a demo guy. I should do this. This. So tell me kind of that backstory. I just, I had, uh, I had gotten into pedals kind of in the early 2000s. And um, I had a pedal board that I had used for recording with some bands I was in in the mid 2000s uh, before I moved out to Boise. And um, my pedal board was maybe 10 to 10 to 14 pedals at the time. And um, I just, I wanted to talk about them and I wanted to explore more pedals and um it wasn't there weren't a ton of people doing that at the time not not like now but uh so i I thought it would be a good market to kind of get into and um and i didn't really think it was going to do too much i was just kind of doing it as a side thing and then it kind of took off i started the instagram page and people seemed to like the posts and and it just kind of went from there wow that's crazy so with the early days of kind of convincing manufacturers that you were a legitimate operation and was that kind of a an interesting like you know launching pad for you it was it was uh tricky you know for for a long time because they didn't you know nobody you know it was i I was not known so uh just sending me gear people were kind of kind of uh not off put but uh cautious i guess Uh, (laughs) but a lot of a lot of companies uh a lot of companies saw how uh how my little operation was growing rather quickly and uh, decided to take a chance. And then more companies just followed after that. Yeah. So maybe once you got some more recognized brands uh, under your belt, then people are like, Oh, well, maybe they are legitimate and not just some like yeah. pedal scheme or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's very cool. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm always interested in how people get started and, you know, when that idea sparks and then kind of those, I, I'm more fascinated by the early years of, businesses than I am almost by whatever success level they reach is just how did you even get past the, you know, I can, I can afford some Taco Bell with my income and, you know, right. getting, getting kind of to these next stages. That's, that's super cool. So I guess let's jump into a little bit of uh, kind of demo, a demo talk as well. So what do you think makes a good demo? What are kind of the, some things that that you know, obviously, whenever anyone starts out making demos, they kind of have a style or they have a a purpose or a goal in mind. So, what do you think makes a good demo? Well, first of all, I think um, having good recording gear is obviously key. Um, I, when I started off, I was you know recording on a, a you know not so stellar camera with not the best audio equipment, and so those some of those early demos are are a little rough. But uh, over the years and and even currently still, you know, I'm always trying to improve how the videos look and sound. And I taught myself how to use logic and how to use final cut. And so I do all the audio and video editing. Uh, that's just, I never took a class or anything. I just kind of learned how to do it. So that, that has been a, a years long endeavor for sure. Um, as far as the demos themselves, you know, I think they should be informative. And again, everybody has different ways that they do their demos. Um, I like to, show what the pedal can do you know a lot of demoers put 
full backing tracks behind it and behind the pedal while they are playing. And um, I just like to sort of focus on what the pedal itself sounds like and kind of give the viewer uh, the option to decide if it's something that could work in their particular setup. Yeah. So just kind of approaching it almost, I know a lot of times it's like, how would, how would you want to consume a demo for a product? And that's usually what ends up happening is that that becomes your style. And, and I think, I think that's one thing I like about your demos is that they are very straightforward and, and simple in a, in the sense of, like you said, they're showing, they're showing exactly what the pedal does and there's not a lot of extra, extra noise around there. I mean, I, we all kind of have seen the demos where it's just completely face melting, shredding, and, and right. that's, that's it. And it's a thousand notes in, in a minute. And you're like, what, what even happened? <laughs> so yeah. not, yeah, that, well, not and, that those are know, bad. I'm not a, sh- uh, right. Right. And those, those have their place for sure, but I'm uh, definitely not a, a super shredder either. So mine are, <laughs> my uh, demos tend to be more <laughs> uh, open chord based, I mm-hmm. guess you could sure, put it. Sure. Um, but I like, to, I like to, you know, throwing in, I've got a small little board that I have uh, that, go, that comes after the, the demo pedal and it's got, you know, delay and phaser and stereo tremolo and stuff. So, so I like to throw in little elements of things here and there just to give another uh, sort of pop of, of sonic flavor. Uh, but I don't want, I don't want that to be the focus. You know, I want, I want the, what the pedal itself can do to, to be what everybody's listening to. Yeah. That makes total sense. So then when you're trying to make all these demos, it sounds like it was, it was very complicated and still is very complicated. How do you, how do you fit in time to make the demos? Do you have kind of like a calendar that you keep or what's the, what's the way you keep yourself organized? Obviously your manufacturers probably have expectations on, you know, you're not keeping the pedal for a year to do a demo, but how does that work for you? Um, a lot of times it has to do with, um, what, what, you know, release dates, um, depending on if we get in on the ground floor of a, of a release or we get it after it's already been released, you know, that factors in, um, there's a lot of schedule juggling because stuff pops up, you know, people will, uh, shoot me a message saying, Hey, I got this pedal. It's coming out in three weeks. Can you, can you squeeze it in? And, um, I usually tell people five weeks out is about where, where we're at right now. Cause I've got stuff, uh, booked through I, I have enough pedals to do stuff through like the end of august right now so and and that's just stuff that i've collected or or just haven't had a time you know stuff that i bought that i haven't had time to get to yet and so uh, i need to leave slots open kind of throughout those months just in case new stuff comes up which it always does yeah yeah absolutely well that's cool let's get into a little bit of gear talk as well just kind of talking through um all sorts of gear-related questions. So you ready for that? Yeah. All right. So talk to me about, and this is probably a fairly deep question, but talk to me about advantages and disadvantages of, of trying so many pedals because you're probably, you've probably tried more pedals than your average guitar player, which which is saying something. I would I would think so, yeah. I think I've, I mean, it's, I, I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but it's, uh, you know, it's probably several thousand by now. It's crazy, uh, and and I love that I get to, you know, play all these all these different pieces of gear and and kind of keep up with what's new and what's happening on the on the pedal scene. Um, and I don't know, just just being able to to have so many different options and and hear so many different 
things it, it shapes kind of how i play just on my own too you know and it's fun to to mix and match and make different pedal boards here in my downtime which is not a lot but uh <laughs> <laughs> um I, I really enjoy that aspect of it for sure um the uh, disadvantage uh, definitely is that i don't get that time to spend you know i, I focus on on these pedals while i'm doing the demos i i get the pedal i open it uh figure out how it works try to get some cool settings that i can use in the demo and then record and then a lot of times it goes back in the box and then i have to move right on to the next thing and i don't get a chance to go back and and see how it can work for kind of what i'm playing as often as i would like yeah that makes sense you know? So that's that's uh, it's still not really a disadvantage, but it's it's something I wish I could do more of. Yeah, so I think we're a lot alike in the sense that you know I'm working with guitar stuff all day, but it doesn't mean I'm I'm like playing it to enjoy it. Not not saying right. you don't enjoy the pedals you demo, but you're kind of you're doing a job, right? You're you're trying yeah. to accomplish a task, and and I think that's that that's something I've I've really tried to get better at because um you know a couple of the guys that work here they're they're always going home and playing their guitars and jamming and going to practice and and sometimes i'm like man i'm, I'm looking at numbers and i'm uh, you know trying to do strategy and i'm trying to buy inventory and parts and yep. and i'm like i don't want to play guitar at the end of the day yeah <laughs> um, yeah. yeah the business end of it kind of creeps uh, in a little more than i think we'd both like but it's just kind of the the nature of the game yeah yeah for sure well do you have any pedals i know this is like uh, being a guy that's tried so many and maybe just think recently um do you have any pedals that you know say maybe uh, last year do you have any pedals that that uh, really stood out to you kind of like there were i mean it's that's the thing like year to year everything varies because there's so much new stuff coming out and there's so many companies doing different things um so it's it's hard to narrow down uh, especially over, you know, I do so many in a year trying to sit and narrow down, like what are the best ones? I did a, a best of gear thing at the end of the year in 2021. And then this year I was just like, I, I was so busy and there was so much good gear. I was like, how am I going to try to narrow these down? So, <laughs> so I skipped it. So I'm going to think I'm going to have to revisit that at the end of this year. But, um, one pedal that I just got, uh, is the walrus audio melee. Mm. It's, uh, distortion reverb that you blend with a joystick saw that that's pretty cool it uh it is uh it is super fun so i'm i'm working on the demo for that right now that's uh that's one that that really stood out to me recently that's, that's cool and so on that on that pedal that joystick does it kind of stay in whatever position you put it in or how does that work yeah no it's it's uh it's solid i mean it's easy to move but it's it stays wherever you put it so that's, you can blend cool. just like a little bit of distortion and a, and a big echoey reverb or just have the reverb on the tail end of the of the drive and i don't know it's a it's really interesting that's cool well i always appreciate people that are kind of pushing the the limits too you know i think that there's there's a place for all pedals right but i do think that there's there's so many cool sonic creation tools now i mean you even think back like 10 years ago, uh, what, what options we had versus what we have now. And it's almost, you know, it's make your head explode with the number, you know, you, yeah. I just want a reverb pedal and you're like, Oh my goodness, I have, you know, 8,000 options. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be daunting. I think, you know, I enjoy it because it, I get to try out so much stuff, but I think for the average player, it's, it's, uh, maybe harder to, to narrow down what you 
what sound you want and what you're really going after unless you have a place you know a, a guitar center kind of place i guess but even they don't carry so much of the stuff that's out there so i think a lot of it is uh, i think that's why the secondary market is so big too because a lot of people buy stuff and they use it for a while and then they're like yeah this other thing came out so i want to try that and so there's a lot of of uh, turnover yeah that makes total sense well we'll talk about uh the guitars that you use for demos and what are you currently playing through most of your demos most of my demos, uh, as you may know, are going through my PRS CE24, um, and that you guys put uh, some uh, smooth and classic pickups oh, yeah, into when, right. I, when I still lived out in Boise, and um, the ability to to uh, <clears throat> split the coils and and do you know single and humbucker type tones, um, it just it's it's great. That's that's what I've used on the majority of my demos. I think since. I mean, pretty much since I got that in 2016. That's um, I throw in some other stuff. I have a, a Pure Salem Tomcat that I have in uh, Drop D that I use for some kind of heavier distortion-y demos. And I've got another PRS, a, a special 22 semi-hollow that has a little more sustain. And um, uh, But those are kind of my my three that I'm using right now. I have a old Relic Strat that I throw in some, sometimes, but uh, not too often. And uh, I also have a, a Fred Instruments Dock Star, which is a fully hollow um, kind of. Uh, it was designed in the style of uh, Trey Anastasio's from Fish, his okay. guitar yeah. that, that are custom made. Um, so that's a really cool one too. That, that full hollowness makes it really light, and it just gives it a, a great sound. So yeah, that's, that's cool. what I'm using out right now. Yeah, nice. Well. I mean, and that's and that's kind of impressive. I, I hear like you saying, "I've had this guitar for this long," and and it's kind of like you should get like a trophy or something for for keeping a guitar that long. Because I think <laughs> I think I mean it's not as bad as pedals, right? I mean, I think we're all kind of right. like moving pedals in and out of of the board and stuff like that. But but I, I find people are, you know, some people are serial gear traders or serial gear hunters. I think yep. we're we're all guilty of that, right? We sure. we're like, oh, sure. what else? We just get a guitar in the mail, and then we're on Reverb that night looking at guitars. <laughs> it's right. like, yep. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so, so what about that guitar? Just from you know, is it a playability thing? Is just familiarity thing? What what has made you keep that that main PRS? Uh, I, I I think it's just the feel, the neck. I love the neck on it, and you know, it's not the the most high end superstar prs you can get but it does exactly what i need it to do and i've just been playing it so long it's it's very comfortable and and uh, warm i guess it's an old friend yeah that's awesome well so talk about real quickly um your signal chain or your recording chain for for making demos so talk about maybe everything from camera all the way through to recording software you mentioned logic before but maybe talk about the rest of that that equation um, as far as cameras go, I have two different ones that I use. They're both from Olympus. One's a Pen EPL10, and one's an OMD EM10 Mark IV. Um, they're both they both are uh, 4K cameras, so I can get um, really nice quality shots of the pedal, and then uh, do I do a lot of photography also that I kind of intersperse throughout the demo. Uh, in different ways, just showing different angles of the pedals and sometimes the insides, if there's something cool going on in the insides. Um, so those, I use those. And then uh, for my signal chain, 
um, the guitar goes into uh, an old full tone wah and then into a through tone volume pedal. It's a modded uh, Ernie Ball uh, VP Junior. And then um, then that goes up into the the demo pedal. And then out of that, it goes into a phaser, um, an overdrive. And, and these are all, I, I kind of swap these all out as, uh, you know, sometimes every week, just because I have so much stuff to play with. I like to just keep it interesting. Um, and then uh, I got a, a stereo tremolo, a couple of delays, and a, and a little looper that I sometimes throw in for fun. Nice. Um, and then those, uh, I, the signal actually is split. Uh, it goes, it's a stereo signal, so it goes to a, a Walrus uh, ACS1, which is like a cab sim pedal. And then uh, to it go, uh, the signal also goes to a Rev Amps D20 and a Mesa Boogie Mark 525 head. And then I mix those all together in Logic. Nice. nice. And then, uh, sorry, all, those all go into a Universal Audio um, Volt 476P interface, which okay, then goes cool. into, into Logic. So that's how you're that's how you're kind of capturing everything, and and I think a lot of your demos are are really straight on the pedal. You're not necessarily showing showing playing as much, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, it all depends. Like sometimes I'll do with it, using that looper, do some just little chord progressions and play over that. Or uh, if there's something real, uh, like a real heavy distortion, um, putting a little delay on that and trying to shred as best I can. It's, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's also fun. So it just, it sort of depends on, um, what pedal I'm using and how I can utilize the other stuff on the board to make it sound good. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so since you're kind of filming mostly the pedal, you're not worried about, uh, syncing up audio and video necessarily as, as much, right? No, I, I, go in and, and edit all that stuff later. So it's something, just one less thing I have to think about while I'm actually recording, you know, which yeah. is nice. And, and I see some of these demos and we're very, you know, when we make our pickup demos or product demos, we're very much just like straightforward. We do some, you know, syncing of the audios and things like that. But it, it's, it's like, man, multiple angles, multiple shots and different, mm. you know, all that stuff can be, you know, that one demo is, is three hours of editing for a, Couple, oh yeah, couple yeah. minute demo. So I imagine that's part of your your philosophy too, is making sure that you can turn out something good, but make sure it's uh, you know I'm not saying it's always predictable, but but somewhat predictable. Yeah, um, I, that's the, that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about is how much uh, and any as you know, and anybody that does demos or or uh, gear videos knows the editing part, especially if you want to, you know, like I said, I put in photography and different um, video shots and and syncing audio and all that stuff the editing is uh, that's a lot a lot of time spent there and that's the other thing you know you're talking about advantages and disadvantages you know you get to play the pedal for you know five ten minutes in a demo or uh, you know and then it's it's done and then you get to go back and like you said edit for two to three hours depending on <laughs> on what what's going on so that's uh it's again not a disadvantage just something that's uh, an extra step that is completely necessary and not always the, <laughs> the most fun yeah i get it i get it for sure well well we have a little teaser because mike is going to be demoing our gatekeeper gk drive uh he i believe he has it in hand and that'll be coming out uh 
probably shortly after this episode is published or maybe around the same time. We're still working that out. But in the near future, uh, the demo is going to yeah. come out. And, and I think you've got a chance to plug that pedal in. So kind of give your your initial thoughts on it. Um, I, I think it is. Uh, it sounds like it was made by somebody that makes pickups oh that's good and i mean <laughs> i mean that i mean that in the best of ways um it's it's an awesome like always on little kind of boost uh tonal flavoring device and it sounds great when you crank up the drive and um i just i love it man and, and using the the uh, uh prs i get to i got to you know do both humbuckers and single coils and so i I'm going to put that in the video, which I'm editing right now, uh, to show kind of how it can sound with both uh, flavors of pickups. So uh, great job, man. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much. And that that's really, for us, it was, um, you know, we're working with a, a local company, Vanilla Sunday Pedals, who's done the design and manufacturing for that. Uh, we worked worked with him for several months in, of 2022 to develop this thing and really wanted something that connects, like all of our products are kind of interconnected in the sense of, you know, there's solutions for guitar players, and then this one, it, you know, it's like if we're going to release something, it has to play well with different pickups. I think, you know, we would yeah. be kind of kidding ourselves, but we're really excited about it. We're excited to to see your demo, um, and we'll also put a link to to your YouTube channel for those who are listening to this podcast. That way, you can watch all of Mike's wonderful demos as well as the GK Drive demo when that comes out. So, make sure to do that. Make sure to follow Mike on all the socials. And all that good stuff. So we're going to kind of jump into some rapid fire questions here, Mike. Um, this is, uh, you know, this is the part of the show where we, you know, we're not, we don't try to make you uncomfortable, but we're going to hit you with a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. So, so the desert Island question and, and this is something hilarious that we ask everyone. Well, it's not hilarious, but the responses are. So I was going to ask you that your desert Island gear, which was your one guitar, your one pedal and your one amp. If that's all you had to to play on this desert island, uh, what would it be? So I can only have one electric, or can I have an electric and an acoustic? One guitar. Oh, come on, man. Um, <laughs> all right, well, since I'm going to ha also have an amp and a, uh, a pedal, I suppose I'll have to go with an electric, and I think I would take my... Uh, my PRS uh, CE24 with those fantastic Porter pickups. Awesome. Okay, now what pedal? Uh, pedal, I would go with my uh, 90s uh, Electro Harmonics Deluxe Memory Man. Ooh, nice. Good choice. It's Yeah, that's a, it's an awesome chorus, vibrato, delay, echo. It's just, what a brilliant piece of gear. Okay, an amp? Uh, amp, um, can I have a head and a cabinet? Yes, I'll, I'll allow that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would take my uh, Benson Monarch, Benson mm. Benson amps uh, in, out there in uh, Portland. Just make incredible gear, and I've had this Monarch for uh, wow, at least five years now, and it just it sounds so good. And I've got this old uh, beat up Marshall four by ten, which I like because it's not as loud as a four by twelve, but it still pushes really well, and it, it sounds just great in in uh, combination with the with the monarch so that would be my amp setup very cool we the reason why i kind of said before i asked you the question that it's hilarious is because there's always like the classic guitarist thing where there's always like a you know but can i like yours was can i have an acoustic and and electric and 
and I said one guitar, and he's still, you know, still trying to sneak another one on the island, kind of thing. I did. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. My, I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to bring an acoustic. Uh, last year, um, my dad gave me his uh, nineteen seventy one uh, Martin D thirty five. And wow. uh, it's like the uh, the greatest acoustic guitar I've ever played. So I would I'd try to sneak that on. Yeah, somehow. I just it's just so so funny. I think we've had one of all the people that we've asked that question. We've had like one guest just say like the three things like really quick, and usually everything yeah. is like, well, what about this? And you know, someone's like, is there power <laughs> on the island? And I'm like, that's you know, is we're it? not gonna get into the you know. Is it true bypass, you know, whatever, right? It's so true bypass island. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so you, I think you did pretty well. I mean, there was, it, yeah, I don't know. That question kind of like makes people come up with some serious excuses. I'm not sure what. I mean, it's it's not an easy question to answer, you know, yeah. especially being surrounded by all this gear that I'm surrounded by. Just trying to pick out a couple of things. I know is, exactly. It's pretty difficult. Well, let's jump into the the amp discussion, uh, tube versus digital. Um, I know that you've had some experience with both. Um, what are you, what's your like five minute thoughts on that um, tube versus digital? I mean, I got to go tube. You know, I use aspects of both in uh, making the demos, and that's just to bring a fuller, bigger sound, you know, to the recordings. But if I'm if I'm just sitting down playing. I always plug into a tube amp. Always. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like just, the air I, moving, right? Yeah, yeah. No, nothing like just cranking it up to that that breakup point and and just strumming away and shaking the walls a little bit. Yes, that's. I mean, you can't you can't replicate that. I think I think you said no. it well, though. I think there's good advantages um, to to both in in the way that you are maybe recording or the the venue that you're playing at or the the dynamics of that, you know, where there's no stage volume, so maybe you have a digital rig. And um, it is nice that we, you know, like we talked about earlier, that we're living in a in a time where everything is sounding so good. You know, there's there's yeah. so many good sounds. I think there there a lot of companies are really moving forward in the in the digital uh, sort of uh, emulation department and doing it really well you know that for a long time there was just no options like that everybody that tried to do it kind of fell flat i thought and mm-hmm. it just they just didn't sound good and now you can get stuff that sounds you know pretty close to a, a tube amp and it's silent in your room which is pretty nuts but uh yeah like you said feeling that air moving and and uh, cranking up those tubes is uh, there's nothing like it yeah def- definitely so so as far as gear gas for you what are what's like the gear gas right now um, that you're just like man I'm I've been looking at this product or looking at this guitar I mean I, I imagine that maybe the pedal gas has has somewhat subsided because you have so many things to choose from and revisit but kind of what's no, what's never, on, no. <laughs> never yeah good answer <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> so what's on the radar for for uh, gear for you right now uh, right right now I am waiting on the uh, Von Gon Polyphase. It's uh, an echo, and those guys make some really uh, intricate and uh, just differently designed, but incredible uh, uh, pieces of gear. And uh, this uh, that polyphase just looks—it's a stereo uh, echo unit, and does all kinds of nutso stuff. And it's a—it's uh, their first run sold out in half a second. So I'm waiting for the next one. To, to come out and I can't wait to try that one out. That's awesome. So, so talking about, um, I think you and I had this 
conversation on the phone a couple of weeks ago, but um, what has changed in the pedal industry besides more pedals? <laughs> uh, that's an obvious one, but but I know that we were talking a little bit about that, you know, the supply chain issues and the getting products out on time and, and even, you know, even the way that pedals are released, you know, there was no NAM show for a while. So what's kind of your, what's kind of the word on the street from all these pedal manufacturers that you're talking to? What's been some of the, the things that are on their minds? I've been super impressed with how everybody kind of pushed through the whole pandemic and has been able to, for the most part, I think, uh, keep a pretty good, uh, supply, uh, chain going you know i mean uh there were there was a time there for a while that that some of those parts just nobody could get and so there was a little bit of a lull but it seemed like during that time everyone just started working on new projects and then there was this wave of of really incredible stuff like right after the the pandemic stuff sort of cooled down a little bit you know so i think that that everybody sort of utilized that time and even if they couldn't make as many pedals as they wanted i think they came up with uh some really inventive creative stuff because there was really nothing to lose at that point and uh, i think that's made for just a better group of of uh, releases on a whole yeah that's that's really cool that's an interesting perspective like they took what was uh, a challenging and frustrating situation and and kind of went back to the lab, you know. And and yeah. I, I really admire the people that did that. I think that a lot of people freaked out and they just kind of froze for a while. And and I do see what you're seeing is some of these people who's just like, well, what what do I have to to work with? And I have a lot of time on my hands, and I have all these things that I can develop and and that's that's really cool i really really a fascinating perspective i think just just knowing that like there's a lot of terrible things that happened with that in in the gear industry in terms of just the impact on it but then we're seeing some of the some of the cool things that uh you know maybe people got backed into a corner and they're like well i'm not going to release the same you know the same old stuff i'm going to come up with something super insane and just kind of go for it and that that's that's really cool. I think that that did happen and we're seeing that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there were uh, uh, lots of companies uh, out there that, that couldn't, couldn't get through the pandemic and had to focus elsewhere and, and stop doing what they were doing, which is unfortunate. But I think uh, there, uh, at the same time, there was a, a group of folks who were like, Oh, I've got all this time on my hands. I'm going to learn how to build this simple circuit and go from there. And, and they have created some, amazing stuff as well just just having that all that time to focus on it i think a lot of people sort of got into the pedal market which you know good or bad that's uh it's more people being creative and that's never really a bad thing yeah yeah definitely and it's and it's just having these people that that are truly inspired to keep creating these things it's it's kind of a it's kind of cool to be in this industry always like you're just seeing these things come out and you're like man that is that is really cool. That that's just something that that I can't wait to try. And I can't wait to play. So, as we kind of close out the show, do you have any questions for for me? Do you want to grill me about anything? Any uh, anything on your mind about about what we're doing here at Porter? And we kind of re- flip the script at at the end of some of these interviews. Yeah, um, I was wondering. You said uh, you're doing uh, like kind of um, the the gatekeeper pickups. How did that all come to be? Honestly, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So, so there's, I'll give you kind of the five minute version. Um, we were doing uh, Gatekeeper as a contract uh, service for Sublime Guitars. I don't know if you remember them. Uh-huh. So they were out of Florida and they they had approached us about designing a line of pickups for their for their guitars. And so that was um, I can't even remember when it was. I think early, you know, 2010, 2011, in in that range. Uh, they were going to kind of relaunch the, this uh, big import line, really cool designs, really, really amazing guitars. And they asked us, hey, would you do this? And so we we came up with the name Gatekeeper because Gatekeeper also means Porter. So rather than saying like yeah. Porter Design or or Porter Inspired or something like that, we just wanted to use a a sub name that meant the yeah. same thing. Um, cool. So So we came up with that name and Sublime used those. And so basically that was kind of like a design royalty thing that I would get, um, which was very different for us. We hadn't done anything like that where they would get manufactured and put in the guitars. And then either we got like a, a fee, I don't remember, a fee per batch or when the guitar sold, we made a couple bucks every guitar or something like that, kind of just yeah. for the for the designs. But it ended up being really cool because people love the sound of the guitars and and they had since folded. And yeah. so, so in 2020, actually, speaking of kind of what you're saying about jumping in and, and creating something new or creating something that, that really helped guitarists. And that's kind of what happened with Gatekeeper as a brand is, is um, I owned the rights to it, basically. And so I said, let's, let's relaunch it at this point. Let's, let's come out with these models. And, and especially, you know, we're talking to people who lost their, their gigs and they don't have any more gear spending money and budgets are tight and jobs are sure. being lost or... or you know, they have to work remotely and it's really, really difficult. So we decided to, at that point, come out with Gatekeeper, which it, it was kind of cool because it already existed, but we actually yeah. spent most of 2020 kind of re, revamping it. Um, we got, you know, the new logo made and then we got the got all the pickups back in and tested. And, and it's really cool. I work kind of directly with people in Korea and then, and then they're ultimately wound in Indonesia so it's kind of a it's kind of a really cool relationship with the people who make them, and that was yeah. impor- that was important to me too, just to have oh, sure. something something really cool like that. But really coming out with a bunch of pickup sets at ninety nine dollars was um, was something we wanted to do, and you know even recently had someone really really get mad that we made that decision to do that and um, said some not nice things to us. And uh, but really? at the at the yeah, it was crazy, man, just just oh. nuts. Um, but so, so it really is like part of the extension of kind of our mission is to create uh, things for people to be inspired. And, and there's people who don't have the budget to buy our USA-made stuff. And sure. um, I wanted it to be an, a good process. I want it to be like, a, like an ethical process and, and a good shop to work with. It's a small shop and, and you know, a handful of people make them. And, and that's, that's kind of, that was important to me kind of in the, in the, all the way down the line thing. Um, but at the end of the day, they had to sound good, which, which they did. And, and so that's been super fun for us. And, and then Gatekeeper now is going to be kind of with this pedal and, and we have uh, shield tape. And I think in this, this year, we're going to be releasing some more guitar accessories. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Gatekeeper becomes as, as its own brand. And, Eventually, it's going to kind of be standing alone as its own brand as well, um, as opposed to being under the under the Porter umbrella, if you yeah. will. Good, good deal, man. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think I thank you for being on the show today. It was that was a fun conversation. Always love talking pedals. 
Um, and yeah, we, thanks for having me again, man. Yeah, you got it, man. We'll, and we'll include the link to Mike's YouTube channel below. Uh, definitely check out his demos if you're looking for a simple review of something that you're you're after. There's a chance Mike's probably demoed it. <laughs> so <laughs> so give, get, yeah. So check out his demos. I, I just do again want to plug that for um, for those who listen to the Tonecast. Just a great a great way to consume demos. Uh, kind of no nonsense straightforward approach. So check that out. Links again below. Uh, Thanks for being on the show today, Mike. Thanks so much, Brian.